coming up on Influencing Entrepreneurs. And really spent most of my career working for startup healthcare companies, um, both on the service side and um, rehab services, home health services, and then later on um, medical device startup companies. So in fact, one I worked with recently here in um, Charlotte was ClearCollar. So I had seen a lot of small organizations grow into larger um, uh, organizations with many um, branches or many uh, clinics in, in the case of healthcare. After years of teaching business and entrepreneurship, I found that when guest speakers revealed the hardships and mistakes made throughout their professional and personal lives, it resonated with my students. That's when I thought, why not share these stories so that other entrepreneurs have access to the same insights for education and inspiration? I'm Kazmer Ward, and this is Influencing Entrepreneurs. On this episode, we speak with Kathy Alexander of Sugar Handmade Gourmet Donuts. In 2014, Kathy, a former healthcare sales executive, decided it was time to combine her experience in startup ventures with her love of creating fresh handmade pastries. The result was Charlotte's first artisanal donut concept, Sugar Handmade Gourmet Donuts. She and her business partner started Charlotte's first and only donut food truck, which quickly gained popularity throughout the city. Just one year later, Sugar's first retail location opened and quickly built a loyal following for the shop's beautiful handcrafted donuts and pastries. Why don't you tell everybody what your background was and what your career was? Right, so as you mentioned, I was in healthcare sales and really spent most of my career working for startup healthcare companies, um, both on the service side and um, rehab services, home health services, and then later on um, medical device startup companies. So in fact, one I worked with recently here in um, Charlotte was ClearCollar. So I had seen a lot of small organizations grow into larger um, uh, organizations with many um, branches or many uh, clinics in, in the case of healthcare. Um, and I was fascinated by the idea of taking something, taking a product or a service uh, creating something new and then uh, taking it into a marketplace and then watching it grow. Your background is in sales for medical startups selling training and services and before you went down the donut road you also had another venture in between that. Exactly so while I was in sales and marketing I was doing a lot of writing and um, would write for various uh, healthcare publications and then uh, I had children late in life and took some time off uh, with the kids and during that time I um, started to uh, well I wrote a book co-wrote a book on the topic of labor pain relief because it was an experience I had just had um, and thought needed some improvement and so I really used again kind of the same startup um, know-how to pitch a, a book idea to a publishing company and they liked the idea and then a couple of years later um, the book ended up being uh, published by Random House and um, so it was yet another kind of startup project that I did. That well, was I was going to say, it's, it's, it really is no different than uh, you're selling your concept to get a publisher on Exactly. Board. So that, that's pretty it's a much pitch. Yep. A, a pitch that you have to deliver. Then you have to actually deliver the output. So you 
lock yourself in a room for months and write your book. Right. And then once it's published and printed, then you have to go sell it once again. Exactly. In so. fact, I did just that. I spent a year having articles placed in various parenting childbirth magazines and websites throughout the country um, just to position the book and get sort of stimulate the growth of uh, the book sales. So it's all kind of, although the products are different, the process is very much the same. And so getting back to the donuts, it was uh, a similar approach in that I had this idea. I had been traveling through my sales work, uh, traveling to other cities and seeing the concept of these really delicious, handmade, you know, made from scratch donuts and pastries doing very well in other cities. And at that time, Charlotte did not have a shop like that. And so with my business partner, we formed a um, company that uh, purchased a food truck and then started selling the uh, pastries and donuts off of the food truck throughout the city. And so because I'd not done this before, I had to hire a lot of different consultants, like a pastry consultant to teach us how to make the dough, restaurant consultant to teach us basically if we wanted to go retail, um, what we would be looking for in terms of location and space. And so it was pretty analogous to, uh, in many ways, healthcare in the sense that you're looking for, um, you're, while you're doing one project, you're always looking for how to grow it to the next thing. So with that, we're making the jump from healthcare sales to author to donuts. Right. Three completely, totally yeah, right. unrelated different things. But donuts was the only one that really reflected what I loved and wanted because I love baking and I love eating and it was right. really doing something fun that I thought would incorporate some of the skills that I had learned in my career. We met when we when you were in the midst of healthcare sales and, and we worked together selling medical devices. So I remember when you had asked me to get involved with, with Sugar just to look at some finances and everything. First, let's talk about the original concept was a retail spot. I will uh, either take the credit or the blame, however we want to do it, to say, hey, I came up with a financial model that worked for a food truck. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've shared this story uh, with other people. I, I still to this day remember your reaction was like, oh, God, no, like a food truck. Because we grew right. up with food trucks that were not very desirable. I said, you know, Kathy, go to Food Truck Friday, just try some food. And I said, we don't even have to do it, but let's have a conversation after that. Right, and I saw the lines at Food Truck Friday and right. thought, hey, you might be onto something. Right. So, so we start building a, a model based on Food Truck, which is a pivot from the original concept that you had. Tell us how that transition kind of affected where you were with- In terms of my- decision-making with starting your, your the business. decision-making and launching the business. Yeah. Well, actually, it kind of accelerated it because it was a, a, an easier entry into this concept to just buy a food truck at, rather than committing to a lease and coming up with the, um, a bigger um, sort of investment to have a kitchen um, outfitted to exactly what we needed specific to our product and that kind of thing. It was a way to get into what I was thinking of quickly um, and at kind of a lower cost or, or investment. Um, so, And once that was done, we could very quickly get then out to market and to a lot of different parts of the city that had we gone retail, we really um, would have been in one small location, you know, with a much more of a challenge to get the word out throughout the city.
we decided we're, we're, we're gonna work on a donut company. Even when the food truck was still up for decision, I remember asking, um, have we ever made a donut? <laughs> so we've had many business owners that are like, oh yeah, I've been making this beer in my garage forever, so now I'm gonna yeah. go into the brewery or whatever. But we did have to literally sit down and uh, it painstakingly eat donut after donut. Yes, it was, it was, it was really a, a horrible challenge. situation. <laughs> but. Um, but that actually did not bother me at all, that we right. really did not know how to make the product we were about to venture out to sell. Because yeah. I really had faith that, first of all, we could learn. And secondly, that you know we're in Charlotte, where Johnson and Wales is uh, based, and that there'd be plenty of talent here we could tap into, who could help, you know, us quickly get up to speed with what we needed to learn um, to get the product underway. Right, and I remember you saying those same things because I honestly still doubted you then that that was the case. And as we got closer to launch, realized, oh my gosh, this is a perfect product for this niche that we're going after right so uh, we go through we we decide to upfit and, and we uh, purchase a, a food truck learn how to make donuts tell us about the first day the truck opens so it was very exciting for one thing because first of all we'd finally done it we'd, we'd um, achieved that goal which in itself was very exciting seeing the truck for the first time was amazing because it was really I thought beautifully done and uh, Charlotte had never seen anything like it. We'd never had a gourmet food truck in the city. It was really instant um, success in terms of wherever we went with the truck. We had very long lines and we were seeing literally thousands of people or, or hundreds of people, depending on the event or the venue, <clears throat> who were loving our product, who really kind of got it. They, they understood that this isn't, um, and I'm not knocking our um, competitors, but um, they understood it's not Krispy Kreme and it's not Dunkin' Donuts, that this is a uh, an artisanal, you know, handmade pastry. It's sort of like the kind of pastry or donut your grandmother would have made for you, you know, had she attended culinary school. And um, and people really got it, and, and so very quickly we were able to get the truck out there, to get the truck noticed, and then to get into events throughout the city. Um, with a relative amount of ease. So with the truck, we, we, uh, it was, it was a, a slight change in what the original vision was. Mm -hmm. It was exciting. I remember the first day the truck opened and helping make sure that you know all the uh, register systems and even selling right. a few donuts myself were, were up and running. Um, and I got to be honest, there was a whole entrepreneurial romance that went along with that of uh, I remember getting $3 for the first donut I sold, thinking, seeing how happy the customer was. I was like, I've sold things that cost a lot more expensive in other businesses and never been this self-fulfilled from that. Yeah, and on that note, actually, for me, for having come from a sales background, there were two things that delighted me. One was, it was the first time I'd ever been in sales where people were standing in line to buy my product, rather than my having to stand up and pitch my product. Um, so that was really exciting. And also that uh, what you just described, that the uh, customer, you could see the instant satisfaction, that this was something that really people loved, that it, it uh, was unique to them, and that they felt at ease parting with three or four dollars for a delicious, you know, handmade pastry. What were some of the challenges that came because of 
that easier entry into the market. The challenges that came once we opened retail or just in, with, with in the, general? With the food truck. Well, one of the things that we discovered early on too, as instantly successful as we were with the events that took place, is that the events weren't always predictable. Sometimes, even though we could uh, apply to um, participate in an event, and almost always, we, as, the, as the newcomer, we were welcomed in and people saw, the uh, organizers saw quickly how we would get a draw, so that helped them with their, um, with their numbers, um, getting people through, you know, into the event itself. Um, but that they weren't um, every day. And so what we discovered quickly was that we really needed to generate our own buzz and to try to find our own venues to sell the donuts. And that was a bit more of a struggle. So if it wasn't a food truck Friday or a fall festival or or even a wedding or a big catering event, then we really did have to go back and do a little bit of selling and marketing to make sure that we had the truck out there paying for itself um, throughout the week uh, in between these big um, weekend events. What were the different expectations or performance and operations because we chose a truck to start with as opposed to retail. One of the things that we, one of the reasons, as you recall, we moved into retail is that um, to have, to operate a truck, and at least in the city of Charlotte, and I think it's probably true for most cities, you have to be um, basically housed out of a commercial kitchen. And so what you end up doing is paying uh, rent to a commercial kitchen where you go, in our case, you go back, you make your dough, it's kind of your starting point at the start of the day and ending point at the end of the day. And by law, you have to do that here. That was a big expense. And so what we learned was we might as well open up our own retail shop, create our own kitchen rather than paying rent to somebody else. And that retail spot can support the truck. So what we found out very quickly, though, was having then having done that, was that the retail spot actually became the um, center of our um, revenue right. and the truck became more of an arm to our um, revenue. So it kind of flipped things um, for us. So the retail basically took care of some of our logistical problems um, in that we now had our own home base. We didn't have to operate somebody else's hours. Right. We didn't have to pay somebody else. We could hire our own staff and, and just have more control in general over the process. Also then created, because in retail people are buying donuts in the morning, it created an issue with staffing. Um, because the food truck was really more of a PM kind of um, operation. So then we had to have two different staffs and uh, be open at kind of opposite ends of the day, um, which eventually led to our deciding that the food truck was not going to actually be the center of things anymore and was not uh, providing us with the kind of revenue that was um, enhancing our retail business. So we shed the food truck and then focused entirely on the retailer. The other thing that we didn't realize as opposed to the kitchen was the amount, the, the physical labor that's required with it yeah. is exhausting. Yeah. And one of the things that having the retail um, shop allowed us too is that we weren't as uh, weather dependent that with the truck and we knew this when we bought the truck that 
it was going to be seasonal. And so by then uh, buying our own retail space or leasing our own retail space, we had a lot more predictability over our own sales because the weather is not going to rain out. If we made a thousand donuts for an event and it rains at that event, well, that's a bit of a disaster. But if we make a thousand donuts and it rains and we, you know, it's a big holiday weekend, we still have the customers coming in. We can still sell the donuts. So, um, so the retail really, I, I have felt it really stabilized our business and that the food truck was a good entree into what we were doing, but really wasn't um, going to uh, help us grow. What are some of the things that have caused real headaches? Well, <laughs> we have had some setbacks. Um, one of the things has been, well, just in, in the restaurant business in any uh, concept, staffing is always an issue. Getting and uh, tra hiring, training, and retaining excellent staff. And I will tell you, we have had some excellent staff. But we've also had some staff that really uh, have cost us time and money. And so that, I think, no matter what you're selling, if, if it's in the restaurant business, that's always going to be a concern. But we've also just had some unusual things happen. We had kind of a satellite shop out of our Waxaw location, and there was a fire at that location, not having to do with our shop, but just right. that that... Right, neighbor. Yeah, that that uh, was just kind of an unlucky event right. that set us back. And then we had to scramble uh, for and look for another weekend um, venue, which actually we very quickly found that turned out to be stronger than the original right. one. So things like that, there's just a lot of kind of... Um, even though you're in, in a one retail setting, it, when you're trying to grow, there's still a lot of flux and there's a lot of trying to get your arms around what's the next move and how's that going to grow our revenue. And once it, once you've, it clicks and you see that it's working, just making sure that you're able to, to keep it going, to keep people coming and to, to keep growing. And so we've done that in a number of different ways, actually. I mentioned the Waxaw um, location. We also um, have found that farmers markets have been good, steady um, uh, kind of satellites for the shop. And so those have kind of, re those places have kind of replaced what the food truck used to do for us, but it's all in sync with what we're doing at the shop. What is the nut that has not been able to been cracked? <laughs> I think it's just, you know, especially in sales, having come from sales, forecasting is so important. Making your numbers is do or die. Having a quota, living by that quota, understanding you know what what you need to bring in this year to make sure that you're either covering both covering your costs and hopefully making a little money. And I will tell you in five years between the truck and the shop, that has been very elusive. It's been, I mean we understand kind of in general what the trends are certain times of year but it has been very uh, difficult to predict um, how many donuts we're going to sell in one week or one month, and then staff up and operationally fulfill that, either scale down or staff up depending upon those predictions. And I would say even after five years, it's still hard to know, unless you have a very set event, like a wedding or a catering event. And, and so each day when we come into the shop, because we want to do things fresh and small batch, we're really kind of guesstimating, okay, today we think we're going to sell X number of donuts, let's get those made, and then you try to, um, you know, make sure that you've, you've hit it close enough so that there's not a lot of waste, if any, ideally there's none, and so that you've staffed 
accordingly so that at the end of the day and then at the end of the week and at the end of the month you've covered your costs your labor isn't too high and you've still been able to make a little money for the business so and I know this just from experience I mean you are the 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 heart the lungs the brain of the, the entire operation how do you balance that with everything? Because again, uh, a lot of people want to, they say they want to own their own business and they want to be the boss. Yeah. What does that reality look like? So it really is, um, in the restaurant business in general, again, I'm like if this were a different type of business, it might be, I, I would assume, very different answer. But restaurant business is a lot like healthcare in that it is often 24 hours. Something comes up, a fryer goes down, uh, staff member is ill, um, your, uh, the dough um, didn't prove properly. And so just those three scenarios alone means a phone call to me. And it means my getting out of bed or getting there earlier than I had anticipated and troubleshooting. So it's really a lot of round the clock um, uh, commitment to the business. And so that really in the last five years, you're sort of almost always on call. Um, so it's both a challenge and, you know, kind of a blessing in that you see exactly what's going on. You're, you have your hands on almost every aspect of the business, um, but it can be very uh, taxing as well. With the right staff, and I, again, we have had some really good um, folks who have helped us along the way, that is kept to a minimum. And so, or if something goes awry, you have the right person to call to say, hey, you know, we need you to come in this weekend, and, uh, or can you uh, help us, you know, make another batch of dough? This one just failed because of the humidity or something like that. So with that, and as taxing as that can be, and stressful, and uh, no downtime, how long is that sustainable for you? Like, this is, uh, you're, it, it's successful. I mean, to be open for five years, to pivot yeah. from truck to to uh, to retail spot, um, to have a respected brand, we show up on all the lists for <laughs> top donuts. Yes, um, and I've been very proud of that. We really, yeah. I think we've had from the beginning, because we had such good help at the very start in terms of consultants and great recipes and that kind of thing, we have an excellent product. And even five years later, I think we have the best donut. And, and not just I think that, the, right. uh, the local papers and uh, Charlotte Magazine and so forth. The numerous awards. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, so I'm confident that we've done what we set out to do in terms of having just a beautiful donut and pastry here in Charlotte. But in answer to the question, how long was that the question? Yeah. Can you sustain yourself? I would say after five years, and a lot just has to do with what's going on in your life. You know, right. For me, five years ago, it was the perfect time for me to um, figure out uh, or to, to put to the test you know, whether this concept was going to work and whether I could start my own business right. with a, you know, a strong partner. Um, but I would say five years later, it's uh, timely for me as my kids are now... Um, my last child had just left for college to start thinking about the next move and what uh, what I can do from here. What's right. going to be interesting to me um, going forward? Because sometimes, whether it's a restaurant or any type of business, we get into it to for for the love, for the passion of it. 
We also get into it for a lifestyle, but sometimes we do want a lifestyle change. Sometimes we want different hours. Sometimes we want different um, assess accessibility. So uh, if, it, if it weren't donuts, what would it be next? Oh, uh, gosh, I don't know. I need to <laughs> get a good night's rest yeah. for a change and figure that out. Likely something uh, back in writing or consulting. Something where I have a little more independence and a lot more time to myself. At the end of the day, what is the, the sentence or picture that makes you proudest of sugar? I think we've had, first of all, a strong partnership. I think that we took something that was just an idea and made it into something that thousands and thousands of people in this city have experienced, and that makes me very proud. I feel like we did what we set out to do. We, I wanted to uh, get in the kitchen, and I was able to do that for the last five years, and um, we wanted to make sure we had one of the best um, pastries in the city, and I think that we achieved that. Looking back, on, on things that I wish I would have known or could have done something differently or in a different manner, what are things that you look, one or two things that you'd say? You know, I think that um, one of the things that was a, a bit of a miscalculation, maybe a harsh word, but what I would have done differently is location. I thought that we opened the shop in a really strong uh, part of town for our product. And I think that we, which was a suburban location, and in retrospect, I really think that we might have had a stronger performance earlier on if we had opened in an urban location where there's more walk-by traffic. Um, but, you know, it's the kind of thing that you don't know. We're surrounded by a, a really unusual number of both, of mixed uh, commercial and residential um, population and so um, basically I was looking for where where is Starbucks <laughs> and where is Panera mm -hmm. and where they uh, selected to land I felt was a good location for our product and I think that that has been true but I think it would have been stronger had we ch had we chosen an urban location Excellent. Well, I have with, no way to prove that, but that's what I think. Well, no, well, with everything that, you know, the successes and the, the lessons learned from this, I, I, I told you before, I think you have your next book. Yeah, your, probably. And uh, it, it's something to be very proud of. So thank you very much thank for you. participating. Thank you, Kiss. Right, thanks. Mm -hmm. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com backslash Nexogy Education or visit InfluencingEntrepreneurs.com to catch up on previous episodes with Casimir Ward.